Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Today, we're going to talk about something I saw in uh, Prime Video last night. I was watching the documentary uh, for Barry Sanders. So if uh, if you're not that familiar with Barry Sanders, uh, he was one of the best running backs of all times in the NFL. And uh, I guess, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the documentary, he chose to retire before he kind of, uh, at the peak of his career, probably could have played a number number three, four, five more years, but decided to to hang it up early and kind of surprised a lot of people. So um, as I was watching the documentary and kind of thinking about, you know, how that correlates to other aspects of life, um, I kind of found three things that related back to financial planning and how, uh, you know, so usually when you think Barry Sanders, most people don't think financial planning, but for someone who's been doing this type of work for 25 years, everything I kind of see makes me think about financial planning or reminds me of a, uh, a case or a strategy that, um, you know, that, that, that uh, aligns with what, what I'm listening to. So I'm going to break it down into three areas. Uh, so when I when I watch that documentary and I think about kind of the lessons that I drew from it, there were three areas that I think correlated a lot to about in financial planning or you know what we encourage people to be thinking about as they try to take a more proactive role and try to increase their confidence with their money making decisions. So the first one is um, around defining your own success. So one of the parts they talk about in the in the uh, show is Barry Sanders was um, in his rookie season was I think nine yards away from to, from winning the single season rushing record, which as a rookie uh, on a uh, well, at that point was a terrible team was almost unheard of. Um, and with plenty of time to go, a lot of time left in the fourth quarter, he decided to take himself out of the game. You know, the game was in hand. They had, they had won the game. I think they were, uh, you know, the season more or less was over and he didn't see the need to kind of uh, keep going. Um, so the team had already won the game. All that was at stake for him to go in and was to win the rushing record. And it wasn't that important to him. And they kind of related that back to other times in his high school and college career where he had opportunities to set records or break records, but the team had already won. The, the game was in hand. There was no um, him breaking that record wouldn't afford the team's uh, objectives. So he chose to kind of stay, stay out Um because, you know, a lot of people say, why would you do that? That's crazy. Um, trophies weren't important to him. He had a definition of his own success. And for him, success was uh, we did our job as a team. I've done my job as a running back. Uh, I don't necessarily need to be in the spotlight. Uh, it's not going to add anything to me. And when you think about how that relates to financial planning, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, people telling you what you should do, could do. Everyone's always comparing each other, uh, you know, a, you know, kind of that keeping up with the Joneses or that fear of missing out mentality that everyone's worried that they're not doing as good as their neighbor or they're not keeping up with their peers or are they on track? Are they ahead of where they should be? Um, and when it comes to financial planning, you have to have that internal uh, objectives. You can't set you can't let other people decide whether or not you're on track for your financial goals or not. And the, one of the reasons this happens for most people is they don't have a clear definition of what success looks like. So if you're not exactly sure what your target rate of return needs to be to hit your long-term savings goals. So for example, if you're a 25-year-old investor and you start saving 
$1,000 a year for the next 50 years and you average 8% rate of return, there's a calculator that will tell you how much money you will have at the end of that 50-year period. And then based on that, you might be able to decide, well, I can I could comfortably live off of that. So if by the time I'm 70 or 75, I've got that pot of money, I, I can make that work. So in that situation, your target rate of return is 8%. So if you hit 8% and hit your savings goals, you've, you're going to achieve the things that are important to you in your life. Um, but when you get to a holiday party or you, people start talking, say, oh, you know, I bought Bitcoin and it's up 42% and I bought Tesla and I bought this and I'm up one, you know, 117% and blah, 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 blah. Uh, immediately, everyone has some 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 self-doubt or uh, say, oh, I should, maybe I should have done that. I only got 8%. Um, so they're using an external objective or external uh, opinion to, to set their goals. Um, but if you basically come back and say, no, that, that's not my goal. You know, that's great for them, all for them. That's excellent. But I'm doing what's important to me, um, whether it's savings related or investment objectives or protecting your family or, you know, choosing you know to prioritize health over work, whatever, the, whatever that may be. Um, you have to have a clear definition of your own success. And if you're 25, you might not know how much you really need to retire when you're 65 or 70. But, you know, you might be able to say, well, if I can save 10 percent of my earnings or if I can put away $2,000 a month and that uh, $2,000 a year, that's my goal. That, that's how I'm going to define success this year. So I'm not going to get hung up on what everyone else is around me. If you're 55 or 60, you know, the, the objective might be different. Maybe it's, you know, paying for a certain percentage of college. You know, so you say, well, hey, I, I, I want to make sure my kids, I can contribute $20,000 a year to their college education. And I know schools cost $85,000 a year and some of our neighbors are paying for every penny of it. But that's just not that's not us. That's not what's important to us. So I'm not going to let other, what other people are doing impact my goals. So I've set the goal. I've communicated to our children. Everyone's aware of what the expectations are. We're going to make our college selections based on our goals. And, you know, realistically, you know, whether you go to UMass or you go to Harvard, um, you know, it all comes down to your work ethic, you know, so maybe with Harvard, you might open up a few more doors. Um, but if you go to Harvard and get C's, you're probably better off going to, to UMass and getting A's. Um, and just because you go to UMass doesn't mean you get A's, you have to do the work. Um, but, you know, you talk to any employer uh, after college, it's more about, um, you know, their work ethic versus, you know, what school they graduated from. So, and I'm getting a little bit off track there, but what it comes back to that first lesson is define your own goals. So don't be chasing somebody else's trophy because somebody else said that's important. Be chasing your goals because they're important to you um, and know when 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 you've hit them and then you celebrate. So celebrate for yourself, not necessarily because, you know, you hit somebody else's milestone, which may or may not be important to you. Um, the second part of the, the, the documentary that I loved was uh, uh, Barry Sanders' touchdown celebration. Uh, and I really should say lack of. So if you ever, as you watch the highlights and if you ever, I, you didn't get to watch him play a lot, you know, not being in the Detroit area. Uh, but every time he scored a touchdown, all they would do is walk over to the ref and just hand the ball. Uh, and that happened on his very first touchdown in the NFL. It happened on his very last touchdown in the NFL. There was never a giant dance or celebration. And, and maybe the fans weren't super excited, but, you know, it, it was just it was what he did. He, you know, he acted like, you know, the, the phrase they talk about is he acted like he'd been there before. So this wasn't his first touchdown in his life. He knew he was going to have a lot more. He essentially knew the objective was to get in the end zone. And he, and he did that. He didn't need to have a, a dance or celebration or, or uh, act like it, this might be the last one he's ever going to get. So when you think about 
um, you know, that, that idea of acting like you've been there before, um, for, for a lot of individuals, you know, uh, they may be first generation wealth or, or maybe they they've never had that exposure to somebody who set good money values. Um, you know, parents worked hard, but there was never a lot of extra. So now you might be, you know, coming out of college with a much higher salary than maybe your parents ever had. So there, there might be some extra, um, and uh, or if you're later in life and you've accumulated some wealth, way more than your parents were ever had the opportunity to, um, you know, you want to act like you've been there before. And it doesn't mean you have to become a money snob, but you want to, you know, do your do your research, you know, get a sense of what it means to make smart money decisions, whether you have ten thousand dollars, you have ten million dollars. A lot of the principles are the same. So, you know, if you come into some money and you start making you know, more money than, you, you know, your parents ever made, or you've ever thought you would make, um, act like you've been there before. So, you know, continue to, you know, invest and save at, a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a, an appropriate level. You know, obviously you might enjoy things, but you, know, you want to be careful of, um, you know, letting uh, that emotion of having that extra money or kind of the, the ego of that extra money start to change your, your decisions. So, um, and, you know, a lot of that comes down to picking good uh, financial role models. So looking at either, you know, people, you know, personally, or people, you know, in the public eye that, you know, say, hey, they've, they've been there before, they've done it right. Because um, there are people in society that have a lot of money that don't act very well with their money. So, you know, pick someone or pick some, some group of people that you respect, you know, and, and try to, uh, you know, understand the decisions they made. And as they came into wealth, what they did with that, or and when they didn't have money, how did, what were the things they were doing to accumulate that wealth? Um, but I really, really enjoyed that, that his touchdown celebration. And I'm, I do love the dance that a lot of the teams do now. Uh, so I do enjoy it both ways. Uh, but that was unique to Barry Sanders and that was his thing. Uh, but he did it consistently. So, you know, but you can take that and apply it to your financial planning so that you are acting, acting like you've been there before. Um, some people say fake it till you make it. Uh, but it's just that idea that, you know, you have to maybe, um, you know, uh, you know, be mentally prepared to assume that you're going to eventually have some extra money and be ready for it when it does come. Um, the last thing, and obviously the biggest part of the story, you know, is that Barry Sanders, after 10 years in the NFL, 10 consecutive years of rushing for over a thousand yards that had never been done before at the age of 31, never had any really major injuries, had a lot of, uh, you know, you know, probably could have played another five, 10, 15, you know, five or 10 years. If you can kind of compare him to, Emmett Smith at that time, or some of the quarterbacks, you know, that we know in New England that that stuck around for a while, um, you know, so barring any major injuries, he he probably could have played another three to five years. Um, and, you know, if he had done that, he would have surpassed Peyton Manning, I'm sorry, uh, Walter Payton for the all time rushing record, he would have set probably every single NFL record that there was to be set, which, you know, would have been very, very hard to, to break. Um, but he knew, uh, he knew in himself that he just it wasn't that important. So as we talked about in, in step one, breaking records was not his top priority. Um, he had achieved a lot of things he wanted to do. And, you know, he was starting to lose that burning passion to play. Um, so he decided, you know what, I, it's time for my next chapter. I've got a lot of other things I want to do or things I can do. So, you know, football is not everything. Uh, and I can, you know, take this time to step away. And obviously the fans were not happy. Not everyone agreed with his decisions, but it really comes back to that idea of, of enough versus more. So if you are, uh, you know, 55, 60 years old and you've accumulated some money and you're looking at kind of the next 30 or 40 years of your life, the fact is if you continue to work at your current job, 
you will probably have more money later in life than if you stop working or start to pare back or work less. And I see, I know this is shocking, but if you make more money than you did the year before, you end up having more money later in life. Um, but that's not a, that's not always everything. So as you start to think about that transition into retirement, or maybe you're a you know a younger career professional that's putting in 80, 90, 100 hours a week, and you're like, I don't know if I can keep this up forever, um, but the money's really, really good, or some of the perks are really, really good. So if I keep doing it, I get more of that same thing versus deciding, you know what, I've had a good run here, I've accumulated some money, or I've got, I've built up enough um, credibility that I can kind of make that transition. Um, so... I'm going to I'm going to say this this is enough. I'm going to do something different or make a, tra- a change or transition. And it's probably one of the hardest things for people to do. And we see it all the time with retirement. Uh you know, individuals that are nearing that that tipping point where they've saved enough money that on paper if they stopped working, the assets they've saved plus social security and a pension would be enough to sustain a comfortable lifestyle for the rest of their life and probably leave their kids a little bit more. But they're also at the peak earning years of their career. They're you know, usually highly respected in their field. They've invested their time. They've kind of paid their dues. So maybe the work isn't as hard as it was 20 or 30 years ago. And they look and say, well, geez, I'm making you know, $300,000 a year. Why would I stop working? Why would I stop so that I can you know, play more golf or play more pickleball? Um, and you know, that's, a, that's a really tough decision to make. You know, usually, you know, uh, sometimes there's a reason that you're forced out of work so that, you know, companies get merged or changed or positions get eliminated or a health reason forces you to have to make that decision. Um, or, you know, for personal reasons, you want to move to another location that you can't do that job, you know, if you're moving four states away. Um, but Barry Sanders understood that idea that, you know what, if I stick around, I could get more, but I also could get hurt or I could, uh, you know, something could change that all of a sudden, changes my trajectory uh, to a point that I'm not not happy with. So I've done enough. I've done everything I wanted to do. And although people don't agree with me or people would might have made a different decision, I'm going to say, you know what, it's time for something different. You know, and if you kind of apply that to retirement, like I said, that's probably where we see it the most. Um, if you are, you know, doing something and let's 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 say you're an, you know an executive or a highly compensated individual and you're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and you're managing teams and you say well if i uh, i'm not going to quit this job or retire from this job to go to Walmart and greet people at the door for 16 bucks an hour i'm just not going to do that um so what would i do and it, in the moment it's really really hard when you're working you know 50 60 hours a week you're you've got all these things happening to try to figure out what comes next, you know. So for some people, you know, that if they've decided they they have enough and they've had enough, they, you know, so they're getting tired of what they're doing and they just need that that kick. It doesn't mean you know if you're 65 you have to never work again, but maybe taking that three to you know say hey I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, it's time for me to step away. I'm going to either ask if I can you know do this role part time, uh, and if they want to keep me around in some type of consulting or, or limited role, you know, that's one option. Or you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna take six months off. And what happens with successful individuals, you know, if they have a little bit of time to think, usually they see another path, and that path might be you know starting their own business or you know you know joining a, a board of another company or maybe uh, you know taking a, a nonprofit role that you know like I said you're still getting paid you know to do the work, but it's stuff that more aligns with maybe a passion project or something that's exciting to you. Um, so 
the hardest part of that is really coming to that uh, understanding. Well, I know I've got enough, but I could have more. I have to get comfortable giving up on the more and just being happy with, with enough and realizing that by making that decision, sometimes that might open a path that leads to more, just a different type of more or a different type of something. So um, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's financially more, maybe it's spiritually more, maybe it's family more, you know, it, it changes for every individual. Uh, but as, as you kind of watch the documentary, you know, if you, if you don't care about the financial aspect of it, that's fine. It was a really fun watch uh, for as a, as a football fan, as someone who maybe not didn't know everything there was about you know Barry's career and you know the the atmosphere in Detroit around those times. Um, it was a it was a it was a fun a fun uh, hour and a half of your time. But as you're watching, if you want to kind of pair you know pair some of the ideas to your personal financial planning and maybe use that to motivate you to kind of you know identify some goals that are yours and yours alone and maybe define when when is enough and when will you reach that point what what might you do differently um, then I'm glad you listened. So I uh, appreciate your your attention and until next time, I'm Matt Schroeder. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.